0: Just a couple throws that he'd like to have back. Kevin hey. Stefanski's going for the knockout punch, fourth in inches. Greetings and welcome to the fourth in inches podcast with your hosts, Stuart Love, Sukhdee Pretty, Ryan Epperson and Alex Grigio.
1: Greetings and welcome to a special edition of the Fourth and Inches podcast. We have another franchise special for you. And this week we have Rob Cowzill from the Fourth um sorry from the Five Yard Brush Podcast. Uh, thanks to Murph for hooking us up. But how are you doing there, Rob?
0: Yeah, not too bad. It it has been such a hot day today. I'm just glad to be in some shade, you know, getting some water, getting rehydrated and you know, being able to talk football. It's it's always yeah. good to do that.
1: 100%. My head's all over the place, as you can probably tell from that introduction. But hopefully things will be better um, as we progress. But um, obviously here to discuss the Carolina Panthers. So tell us a bit about how you become a fan of the NFL and how long you've been following the Panthers for.
0: Well, I know that the uh, the Broncos fan who was on the previous one has been following Denver since 1983. Um, I haven't been following the Panthers as long as that. Uh, um, so... Funnily enough, it was when I was travelling in the US and saw the, the Panthers jersey in an NFL store thought, Do you know, I've always wanted a jersey, I'm going to get myself one. Uh, it turned out to be uh, an extra large, it was the only size left in the shop of all the jerseys. Um, got the <laughs> lovely uh, Steve Smith one, so oh, wow. bought it there, travelled the rest of the, the trip with it. The funny thing was that this shop was actually in New Orleans, so I <laughs> could have yeah. been a Saints fan.
1: Um, oh my
0: word. And then like just just follow them uh, on and off for a couple of years, dipped in when they were having some really good playoff runs but it's really only in the last couple of years uh, since I started this new job um where there's been a lot of other NFL fans there's been Chargers fans, there's been Steelers fans, Philly fans uh, and just kind of kind of embrace the panthers as my team, you know the team to talk with the other people about and um yeah follow them really for maybe like the last three or four years as seriously as I have
1: fantastic and have you been down to watch the Panthers play or been to any of the sort of you know international series games or any games in the US for that matter
0: I did actually manage to get down to the the Panthers books games which was which was fantastic it, it was yeah. a bit of a shame that the the game itself was billed as the books home game so there was a lot of the uh, the, the, the books chants and a lot of yeah. books fans there a lot of the focus was, was on the home home crowd and um, but we went down as a as a big group, a, a, a massive collection of people from different teams from the from the for the same work, yeah. uh, and you're just soaking on all that atmosphere and just to see the Panthers do so well on that day and see yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke pick off Jameis Winston on the first drive. It was it was a beautiful experience.
1: Oh, I can imagine. I mean, it was my first time obviously at the new Spurs stadium because uh, I didn't go to the first one, and mm. being a Bucks fan, I just wanted. just wanted to dig a hole to be honest it was just horrendous the (laughs) amount of and and i had tickets at the touchline as well so it was crazy like the only the only thing that i enjoyed of it was after the game i think a few of the players sort of felt sorry for me and they were throwing their gloves and stuff so i've got an array of collection of like bucks memorabilia from the game but that match it was just james was just he was done then um you know without a shadow of a doubt i mean just, just just, terrible gameplay. And it's crazy to see how far things can come in the NFL. So, you know, we may be talking about, like, the Panthers and the 2020 season not being, you know, a huge success. But mm-hmm. in a year's time, things could be totally unravelled, couldn't we? You know, it, things could just be totally different. And that's the, the beauty of this sport, isn't it? Just from one season to another, you just don't know what is going to happen. You know, any given Sunday, things can just change, you know, just like that.
0: Oh, you you put it exactly right, um, and that, like you said, that's what's so good about this sport is that everyone is on an even playing field. In, mm-hmm. in the fact that you can, you know, end last place one season and get the first pick, get the best players. It just it just keeps ro- rolling over, and you know, unless you're a team that's kind of stuck in limbo in the middle, you know, you you've got a real chance to to make some big moves and and develop a team into a Super Bowl winning team.
1: Exactly. Now, obviously, going back, I know. It's obviously been a while since the beginning of the twenty twenty season, but th- there is a lot to sort of talk about. I mean, number one, you know, you lose Cam Newton, arguably, you know, one, that you know, an MVP at the end of the day, a fantastic quarterback for your franchise. Obviously, he had his injury problems, and you know, it, it did appear at his time that Carolina was was done. Um, you obviously had the retirement of Luke Kuechly, who, for me, he's up there with Lavonte David. Uh, I mean, as a Bucks fan, those both of those were in the same draft and absolutely amazing, you know, uh, professional, you know, for the Panthers as well, Um, an absolute talent. Um, And then obviously you've got, you know, Ron Rivera, he's no longer, you know, in the Panthers, you've got new ownership, things are just suddenly changing. And then you've got Matt Hall, obviously as your new head coach, Uh, David Trepper, obviously putting his stamp on the team. What were your sort of, Going into that particular season, um, and obviously I know we'll go into it a bit later. Um, but obviously, there was also the controversy with your GM as well prior mm. to him being fired, as well, wasn't it? With the um, the conduct, shall we say, uh, yeah. to put it mildly.
0: Yeah, and the, and the, like the disagreements between the uh, the new the, the new people in charge. Um, yeah. Yeah, go, going into the season, I, I was I was really hoping that we wouldn't get a repeat of the 29th season in that a major player who we'd done a lot of pre-season prep around ended yeah. up going out really early with an injury. Um, losing Cam Newton very early in that season just derailed us because he is a big um, component of the rushing game as well as, as the passing game. So us getting a new quarterback coming in, Teddy Bridgewater, was a little bit sceptical because recent times have only had him as a backup. Uh, yeah. Like particularly when Breeze was out, he came in for um, for, for Drew Breeze at New Orleans, and sure. to come into a, a lead role, I, I was asking questions: it, Was he going to be able to to stand up to what we'd seen before? And then, obviously, two two games into the season, we lose Christy McCaffrey um, oh. to a pretty pretty serious injury, and he's out for for most of the season, apart from maybe one week. Um, I think that was week nine against the Chiefs, where we brought him back for for one one week only. Yeah, and uh, I think I think it was just a case of history repeating itself. That you know we had put a lot of prep into McCaffrey being the the RB one, as you would expect, and then to lose him, I think heads just went down, which which was unfortunate, and uh, it kind of showed in some of the performances that happened later on in the season as well. There were times where we could have used McCaffrey, and we just didn't have him there.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's best if you know your season's sort of done and you're not playing for, say, a a playoff position to have that, you know, to rest the player and and exactly be ready for the next season. Um, But I think a lot of fans, although we look at the record and say that's a bad season, I think a lot of fans have not been overly critical. Uh, Number one, you've got a new head coach, obviously now in his second year in Matt Rule. Obviously, was a major success in that sort of... uh, You know what, Baylor? Uh, What were your sort of thoughts about his sort of appointment? Because it's obviously different from going from Ron Rivera than to someone like, you know, Matt Rule. Um, You in favor? Were you in favor of that appointment? And what are your sort of thoughts on him now? um, You know, having had his first season.
0: Uh, I I love Ron Rivera. I thought he was a really good player. He created a, a good culture at the team as well. I guess yeah. it, there was a lot that he's taken with him to Washington. And, you know, we've seen what's happened since he's been at Washington. He's he's cha- he's turned that franchise around, um, instilling all the, all the amazing things that he's taken with him. Um, Matt Rule, uh, you know, coming from college, not really had any NFL experience before this, but, you know, you have to start somewhere. And I, I believe his record of turning... Poor performing college teams around to you know winning their conferences and getting to bowl games, I, I think is something that is definitely applicable for us. Um, when you look at our division, you've got some behemoths, haven't you? You've got the Falcons, you've got the Saints, you've got the Bucks, and you know and the the Bucks might not have been there or thereabouts, but you know we needed someone to come in, especially now the Bucks have turned the corner. I know they're on the ascendancy. Um, And if he can continue to turn prospects around for this season, then great. 2020, you know, I think a lot of teams will will have kind of pushed that aside. A lot of things happened. There was a lot of disruption. You know, you've had, like the Patriots, you've had entire defences drop out and not be available. And 2021, is, I think, is going to be the real test for him. It's like, things are back to normal. He's had one draft class where it was just defences. Now he's made some offensive picks this this season. Um, This is going to be a, a test where, I think Carolina fans are going to be wanting a little bit
1: more. Yeah, 100%. And just looking at your record last season, I mean, okay, we talk about, you know, just the five wins. Take that aside. I mean, going into week six against the Bears, you're three and two. Um, you, You know, you're very much on the ascendancy because you won three games in a row. You're obviously at the Chargers with that, you know, new quarterback in... Uh, Just in her, but you got you know the Cardinals um, once again a team that was fighting for playoff contention, and then obviously you know a division rival in in the Falcons. Um, would it, was it a surprise to see the Panthers sort of lose five in a row? I mean, the, the fact is, although you lost five in a row, four of those defeats, you know, it, decision here or there, you know, you're winning that game because you lost by you know less than a touchdown pretty much in most Very of those games. Clear.
0: Uh, we actually, I think it's seven games that we lost by one score or less. I'd, I'd been looking, yeah. and we did win three games by one score or less. Yeah, but exactly. Like you say, there's one decision either way, and th- this could have been eight and eight and eight. You know, it could have been an ap- a different story. Um, you, you've already highlighted the Saints there. The fourth quarter, you know, we lost twenty-seven twenty-four. We lost nine yards in the final two plays of our drive, and that put Joey Sly out of the field goal range. And if he'd yeah. gotten that that would have been 27 all and we could have we could have nicked that in overtime uh, we also had a missed field goal against minnesota in week 12 as well you know that yeah. was one of the final plays of the game that could win another yeah. win
1: one point game wasn't
0: it yeah very very close and I, I remember us what myself watching that game and going you know we have had so many opportunities in this game to put it away and we just we just didn't do it yeah um and uh, you know that's something that you could excuse Matt Rule for because he was a first-year coach, you know, trying some things in college that didn't really work in the NFL. Now he's got some more experience and he's got some, um, some uh, games behind him. You know, I don't, I don't expect that to happen as much. It's just whether or not the teams that we face this season are going to allow us to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see. I mean, looking at the NFC South now, it's not the same division where you probably got, you know, two, maybe even three contenders for a playoff spot. It's very much now the Saints are rebuilding now, obviously having lost Drew Brees. Who knows what they're going to be like. Falcons, like you say, their whole situation, you know, has been a bit of a mess, if they don't mind me saying. So there's every opportunity for the Panthers to sort of capitalize on that. Um, just Just looking at, obviously, the offense from last season, I mean, Obviously, you you can't also underestimate. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is probably playing his first sort of full campaign in a in a long time. I mean, he's had his injury problems. He's been a backup. It was always going to be hard. And you've you've out of that, you, you've got some you know emerging talent. There. I mean, obviously, you look at Robbie Anderson last season. Um, you know, he he was an amazing receiver for you guys as well, wasn't he? And I think that caught a lot of people off guard. Um, can't remember how much DJ Moore played last season. Was he was he fully fit last year?
0: He played fifteen games. Yeah. So I think he missed one game. Um. But I. Yeah. I, I. think some of some of the offensive pieces we've had. It just it just needed to come together a little bit more. Um. Yeah. You know Curtis Samuel. I'm a huge fan of Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Um. That what he added to that offense in terms of the the running plays. Uh, and his, you know, his movement along the line pre-snap. I think there was there was a lot of opportunities for him to continue that, even with McCaffrey in the side. It is a bit of a shame that he is, he's left and gone elsewhere. Uh, I am uh, hoping for promise with Robbie Anderson this year. I know there's been a lot of people talking about the Anderson darnold connection, yeah, uh, which I imagine we'll talk about in a little bit more later on. Sure. Uh, um, I, for, for, for me i think it was it was bridgewater that was the weak link in this team um like you say he's he's not played for a long time in, in such volume um and he had a tendency to to scramble a little bit more and then i don't think the offensive line situation helped last season either in terms of putting him under pressure and him making you know ill advised moves i think that was another thing mm-hmm. that came into like those decisions like decisions weren't really rules fault but uh, some of them were, and then some of them came down to quarterback play as well.
1: Yeah, and 100. percent And sort of shifting towards the the defensive side. I mean, it's one of the very few drafts where, oh, obviously, not talking about this draft, but 2020, where a team goes ahead and drafts all defensive players, mm. literally top to bottom. I mean, what, what what was what was the thinking behind that? Because obviously, at the time, you had you know your, your you know former GM obviously in charge then, um, you know, in Marty Hurley, sorry. Um, what were your sort of thoughts on that particular draft class? Um, you know, obviously Derek Brown, Ross Matos, you got Jeremy Chin as a mm. number of obviously, you know, good prospects who are highly rated, but all in sort of the, all on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Uh, I, I actually really liked the, the draft picks that we made um, in one mm. of the articles that I wrote uh, after last season, I actually said that the Panthers had the best draft uh, selection of the division of, of the the NFC South yeah. um, because of the output that those players got, that they, they were good at uh, breaking up plays and intercepting the balls and making fumbles. And I think that was something that was really important and something that we were missing from previously. And especially when we, we lost Luke, uh, at the end of the 2019 season, that was something yeah. that we needed to, to fill because he was just so dominant mm-hmm. in, in making those plays and getting the ball back. You know, we, we saw it at the London game. Um,
1: <laughs> Thanks for reminding me.
0: Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think what rule was going for is that he said, right, OK, the offensive players we've got here they are good enough to compete at the moment, but our defense does need some work. And I think getting a lot of young guys in, a lot of highly fancied guys. Uh, I was I was expecting about uh, Matos uh, last season. I, it's a shame that he got a bit injured, so he couldn't perform as uh, yeah. as, as much as I wanted him to. Uh, but I was expecting big things from Jeremy Chin anyway. So it was, yeah. it was good to see him come about. Um, yeah. Certainly for those big plays, he's he's still got some way to go. Um, there's there's work that that defence needs to do and it, actually Jeremy Chin was responsible for six of our touchdowns last year and all we remember him for is, you know, breaking plays, getting those two fumble returns in yeah. succession, but um, there's still creases to iron out. Um,
1: exactly. No, no, he's definitely a talent. I mean, you look at, even just looking at his sort of general stats, he, he seems to be everywhere when you look at, you know, someone who's able to obviously turn the ball over, force fumbles as well, mm. you know, and, and make make huge plays. That's exactly what you need. And I think he came a bit under the radar because he came from such a small school as well. But his draft stock was was quite high at some points. I remember mm. some people had him mocked um, even late first round and early second round. And the same with Gross Matos as well. Um, he was, I think I had him, um, I mean, when we did our pre-draft back, Back, you know, however long ago it was, now 18 months. Um, I think I had him sort of going late first round, somewhere like the Seahawks. So you definitely got good value on uh, some of those picks there. So I think sometimes, yeah, you just have to go with the best player available, don't you? As well, um, yeah. and just build on, you know, that team, and slowly but surely, your your team's going to start looking a lot better. But yeah, Jeremy Chin is definitely someone I'm, uh, you know, keen on seeing how he how he performs uh, this year as well. Obviously, we know there's um, there's a bit of controversy there with the general manager situation. We know David Tepper. If you know those of you who have not seen uh, the All or Nothing series, um, definitely recommend watching uh, the Panthers. There, you, you know, you see him. Obviously, you know, clearly an owner who knows what he wants, um, and is certainly not afraid to you know sort of make changes. Um, obviously, we had the controversy with Marty Herney You know, uh, in terms of his conduct. What what was your feelings towards the decision in firing him in during the season? I mean, yes, it was late on in the season, not much really for a general manager to do in December. But did you just think that was a bit odd, uh, just making that decision then? And what what do you think was the cause of that? Was it rule and Herney not getting along, or was it just sort of Tepper um, just trying to make changes?
0: I think there was the, there was a difference in opinion and now the the team direction was going. I mean. I didn't really look too much into it. Um, no. uh, I think, like you say, a lot of the decisions <laughs> had been made by the time December came around. Um but I, I would like to think that there wasn't no good reason for doing it. I, I like to think there was a good reason for, for it happening uh and and us moving on. And yeah. I think that's that's all we can really say about it.
1: Exactly. I mean he <laughs> he was at the organisation for a quite a long time and I think now he's with uh he's actually joined Ron Rivera now hasn't he so mm. an interesting uh an interesting development there but obviously moving away from um the 2020 season now and looking forward to the uh 2021 season now um you know let's talk about free agency I mean obviously a number of uh you know a number of um additions, a number of losses, most notably, obviously, the biggest one being Teddy Bridgewater was uh, um, obviously now with the Broncos and the acquisition of Sam Darnold. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, and um, obviously still in his rookie contract. Uh, I believe he's got another year or so to go on that. What are your sort of feelings in in Darlington? You know, no, how no, do, no. do you think Joe Brady's going to deal with uh,
0: Sam Darnold? Do you think it's going to be a marriage that works? I really do. Um, I remember when we traded Bridgewater away, and I was thinking, this is going to be a good first step. But what's going to happen in the second step? And I do recall saying, do you know, what I think will be a really good match for us here, Sam Darnold. Let's give him a go. Let's get him away from Adam Gaze, and let's let's see if moving to a different team is going to make a difference. And you know, lo and behold, we end up, we end up getting him for some reasonably low picks as well, which I believe you know, Denver. Ended, who was it? it was the jets used ended the using on something ridiculous anyway yeah um so yeah i'm excited to see uh what what he can do um watching some of his videos from the jets where he's literally been chased around the field by oncoming defenders because the offensive line have just given up um gives gives me promise that he could do the same if our line doesn't shape up either yeah. um i'd like to think that our offensive weapons are better plus he's you know he's back with robbie anderson as well um which can be very exciting. But this is going to be it. This is going to be make or break for him. Like yeah. we've seen previous players under Adam Gase, you know, Excel, we've seen Tannehill do it. We've seen, you know, plenty of other players get away from, from that man and, you know, do a better job. And do a better job. Yeah. And, a better job. No, um, and it's no Dan longer on, seeing ghosts. No longer seeing ghosts. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully he doesn't bring Mono to the team either. Um, but yeah, this is, this is his chance to, to prove that it, it was, just a one-team up one team blunder, and he's yeah. got a chance to do it at the Panthers. I hope so, because, I
1: mean, he had so much talent coming out of college as well. I mean, you look at... Uh, going back to that particular draft, he was my number one QB in the draft. Mm. Um, sorry, beg your pardon, it was actually Josh Rosen, but do I have to embarrass myself with that? No, no. Mine was actually Josh <laughs> Rosen. But I had Rosen and Darnold pretty much neck and neck. Um, and... You know, there's no doubt that 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 kid's got talent, you know, and he's just not really had the rub of the green, um, you you know, with, you know, like you say, the likes of Adam Gase, um, not really supporting him in, you know, building weapons around him, building an offensive line around him. So it'd be interesting to see how he does. But um, looking at obviously some of the other acquisitions, I mean, there's some, there's some big name trades that you guys got done. Um, mm. You know, AJ Boye for one, um, obviously my son being a, a Rams fan, he, he, he very much was a big fan of Morgan Fox. I yeah. think he's someone who definitely looks good. Um, is there anyone in particular from free agency that you've, you know, rather happy with in terms of, you know, what, what you've got there?
0: So, this does kind of link into what we have talked about Jeremy Chin before. Like Jeremy Chin's, you know, has been moving around a lot around the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it would be good to allow that experimentation to continue. And some of the linebacker signings that they have made in this offseason. So Denzel Perryman from the Chargers, Hassan yeah, Reddick from yeah. Arizona. You know, some, some good experience there, especially Perryman, who's got a lot more product- production in the past than he did this last year. He did play, he did have 13 games in 2020 yeah but Hassan Reddick I think that was such an inspired signing you know he got six false fumbles last season and now uh, he's only got a one-year deal which I thought was a bit odd so maybe he's, yeah, playing for he's an only 27 there. as
1: well um you know I, I was expecting him to get a bit more a bit more to be honest for his money but you know at the end of the day it's it's probably sensible as well um mm-hmm. you know because previous to that you know it's you know, it's quite common for obviously a player to play in his, you know, last year of his contract. Suddenly, yeah. start putting up the numbers. So maybe it's sensible on, you know, the Panthers' side. But yeah, Denzel Perriman, hes another one. Um, I think he's—he's a, he's a, a definitely a, a decent linebacker to have. Um, is there anyone in particular that you feel upset about losing? I mean, Kwan Short, for example. I know we've got um, a, um, we've got a. Like a WhatsApp group, um, and we've got a, a Panthers fan on there. And I remember when some of the releases happened, like to hear Whitehead, um, mm. for example, trade Boston. They were really frustrated with losing such a, such players. I think because of the loyalty and the length of time they'd been with the organization. But what were your sort of thoughts on um, you know losing someone like a trade Boston? Is there anyone else in particular that you feel aggrieved about losing in free agency?
0: I mean, this this must be the fantasy football player talking. To it like in me coming out here, going. It's it's nice to have those players like give their years to the team. But yeah. um, looking, I know at, you're
1: talking about already. But... Yeah,
0: <laughs> looking at looking at some of the production that they they put up last year and some like some of the receptions that they allowed to happen in the yardage and yeah, um, those those areas needed to be corrected and. I think some of the signings that we've done to replace those players have been good, but ultimately, like if if people don't perform perform well and consistently don't perform well, then you know we we can't really give second chances if we want to turn the, the franchise around. We've got new management coming in, yeah. and I think they just wanted to put the the stamp on those areas. And you know, looking at the the production is the way to do that.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Now, obviously, moving forward to. The the draft, um, obviously one of my personal favourite times of the year, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, when there's no actual football. Um, you know, looking at the Panthers draft, you know, you've gone... You, you've built quite well, if I'm being honest. It was definitely one of my favourite drafts. Mm. Um, what was your sort of opinion on... I mean, let, let's let's talk about the first pick that you had in the first round, so the eighth pick. Um you went corner and you went JC Horn. Um, obviously, a lot of people had, you know, Sertain. Um I know Farley yeah. obviously had his injury problems and the issues he had with COVID. But do you think corner... Do you think the Pan was right to look at corner in the eighth pick? Or were you thinking that they could have looked elsewhere? I mean... There was all sorts of obviously rumors, you know, even with, you know, seeing whether you'd even maybe go down for a quarterback, you know, someone like Justin Fields, hmm. um, you know, if he would become available. So, were you surprised at the pick of JC Horn and what your sort of opinions on that one?
0: I was, I was really, really hoping that Penn Isle would have fallen to us at eighth. Um, there was a. Yeah. There was a few drafts that came up beforehand where you know uh, Sewell was falling down into the eight nine region and was like, if we can protect whoever is behind that offensive line with someone like Penai Sewell, I I think we would be in with a far better shot of you know seeing games out and protecting quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, that being said, we did draft uh, linemen further down the draft, um, yeah. which I think could definitely do business but yeah cornerback was was the next area that I, I wanted us to, to improve on like it was the weakest defensive area for us in my opinion like yeah. half of the touchdowns that we conceded came from cornerbacks you know they allowed him and Russell Douglas who was one of our main starters he conceded six on his own
1: yeah. uh,
0: 62 completions for 783 yards that is a lot of yards to concede for just one player, and you know, getting someone uh, you know as decisive, making a decisive decision like to bring Daisy Horn in, you know, I, I think is a, is a very uh, understandable move, really, and yeah. you know, to get get someone that talented in, and especially when you matched up with our free agency picks, like you mentioned, AJ Boy before, you know, yeah, getting someone in who can who can mentor this this player and you know, teaching the ropes and. Uh, you know, just just make him into a, a surefire start for us. I think that's that's a, a great decision.
1: Exactly. I I was a bit surprised to be honest. I, I thought Satane would have been um, the pick. Um, in all honesty, but I don't know if they just went for you know the obviously a Carolina boy. You know, at the end, of the, I know it's yeah. north and south, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes that that can play a part. You know, someone re- may really want to play for that organization. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty certain he's his heart's going to be all in on. Um, you know, representing the Panthers, but another pick that a lot, you know, absolutely loved it. Um, getting him, you know, pick number fifty-nine, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, wide receiver out of LSU, severely underweighted uh, wide receiver in my opinion. Um, obviously, you know, no Joe Burrow this season in college for him, or the season just gone, should I say? Um, but very much a very productive uh, receiver, and I think he's someone who's going to fit right in with that offense, wouldn't you agree?
0: Oh absolutely and, and he did a I must admit he did an admirable job in his last college season, considering that Jamar Chase didn't play either. Yeah. You know, he was that he was the number one target for any defenses coming in and to, to put up what he did. I think I think that shows that he uh, he's gonna be a fighter. He's certainly gonna be very useful um alongside Anderson and more. Um I think what will make it easier as well is the fact that he's alongside those two other players, is that he might not get as much coverage as he's seen in college yeah. and it might actually make it easier for him I know there's been a lot of people out there who's going this is a, this is a great pick he can replace Samuel as well who you know had a lot of targets as well as a lot of uh, carries I don't think he'll get the carries but I certainly think he will get the targets
1: mm. you, you just don't I mean look at Justin Jefferson I think people have overlooked him he's part of that LSU offence you know yeah no, yeah the year before, and he's had obviously was the best wide rookie wide receiver. So I wouldn't put it past Terrace Marshall doing something very similar. Maybe not to the extent of Justin Jefferson, but definitely you know putting up some numbers there. So that I'm I'm quite excited to see that offense to be honest. And uh, you mentioned obviously the tackle position, Brady Christensen as well. A lot of people had him mocked, you know, you know, sort of early second round, and you've got him once again in you know the third round. He's a very good pick up the tackle from BYU. um You've obviously looked at the tight end position as well. You know, you needed a long-term replacement for Greg Olsen for a while as well. I'm not saying Tommy Trumbull's that guy, but you definitely needed to look at that position as well. There was definitely sort of a weak point, shall we say, on the offense. Yes. And then and then obviously you're talking about the running game. Um, you know, with obviously McCaffrey having his injury worries, you wanna have a you know, someone who can certainly back him up and Chubba Hubbard as well, he, he put up some really good numbers at Oklahoma State as well. So, overall, I think on the offence, you got you four very good picks there, wouldn't you agree?
0: Absolutely. Um, and what the good thing about, you know, Taylor Moten getting his extension as well is we, we've shored up one side of the line and Christensen can come in. I, I think maybe he's not going to be um, a tackle straight away. I don't, yeah. certainly think he could do a job as a guard on either side because I think um, he can... I think he's got uh, experience primarily yeah. on one side, but you know, we, we, there's, there's no, nothing to stop him from swapping over. We've got some good depth there as well, so you know he doesn't have to be easing straight away. He can, he can learn from some of those other guys. Tommy Tremble, though, I think a lot of people have seen him as a bit of a sleep because he's definitely mm-hmm. great at blocking, like his college blocking is unrivaled from the position, yeah. he, but he doesn't have that experience of pass-catching. You know, he hasn't got a a, a large um, collection of catches, but he's oh. certainly shown that he can do it. Um, I, I think Dan Arnold is gonna be the primary tight end here in terms of the pass catching side of things. You know, it's it's easy to forget that we've got, you know, an Arizona Cardinal coming to the team who's good who's good in the red zone coming as well. But um I think Tremble's gonna be great for blocking. And you mentioned Chuba Hubbard as well. Um superb 2018-19 seasons. And I think the disappointment of twenty twenty is yeah. what allowed him to fall so far down. One hundred percent to get him fourth and to replace Mike Davis, I think, is going to be superb. He's got the chance to learn from one of the best RBs in recent history. I think I don't. I don't think you can future plan any more than that. To be honest,
1: no, definitely not. And I think, um, yeah, like you said, he's. Yeah, he he came off a bit of a difficult season, but at the end of the day, the talent is definitely there. There's still, I, th- I think, I think he was probably overworked a bit by that offense as well. To, mm. to be honest with you, but the Tommy Tremble idea, I mean, yeah, like you said, with in terms of a, a blocking tight end, certainly one of the the top blockers, you know, you know, with college football, and I think the reason for that was just you had someone like Ian Book who, pretty much, you know, the kind of offense that he ran, you know, he, he very much. Would like to sort of run with the ball as well, you know. Yeah. So he, he had no real choice really, did he in that in that particular offense? So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how he's viewed at now. Obviously, now you've got obviously Sam Donald there as as the QB. Um but obviously looking ahead, um actually sorry, just talking about some of the other draft picks. Is there any other draft picks that you, you particularly liked? Um you know, some of the other names. Obviously, you know, I know you've got Davian Nixon there, but any of the other players that You think could bring a a contribution?
0: So, potentially not on the remainder of the draft. There's, you know, we've got some good fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. You know, uh, Shai Smith has been one who's been highlighted a few times. But I want to talk about another player that we picked up in free agency. And it was someone who didn't actually get a chance to make a name for himself last season. It's Micah Simon, who's another wide receiver. Uh, He opted out last year. Yeah. and had four, four years at uh, Brigham Young beforehand, he has been used in the rushing game before in in quite a, a like a larger volume compared to other wide receivers. And I'm just thinking, could he be this year's Kurt Samuel if he gets wow. a chance? Um, because we, we saw that Rule liked to use our wide receivers in, in moving around and giving them carries, making it a bit more interesting. And that was without McCaffrey there. With McCaffrey there there's still the opportunity to do this. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if he doesn't get, you know, if he doesn't get cut, which he probably will do after me talking about him. <laughs> um, if he, if he gets the opportunity to do it, um, someone that not a lot of people have heard about, he could, he could be the Carolina sleeper.
1: Yeah. You never know at the end of you know, you love these, um, you know, sort of season, you know, season sort of um, surprises in training camp. And you just, you just never know, you know, who might pop out. I mean, it was crazy this year. I mean, looking at sort of the draft as a whole, there were so many undrafted free agents. Who, I remember a couple of years back, or even a year or so back, they were being mocked in like the early first and second round. I mean, one <laughs> for me is Paddy Fisher. Paddy Fisher, for example, a middle linebacker that you guys have oh, yes. signed as an undrafted prospect. He, he he two years ago was mocked in the first round. So it's just crazy how things just. Go from one place to another. So there's definitely talent there, and you just you just don't know. You you might just find that gem. So, yeah, everyone loves a you know a good story like that in training camp. So yeah, definitely rooting for some of the guys there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for Mika Simon. There seems uh seems like a, an interesting prospect there. But obviously, looking ahead to now the 2021 season, um, obviously a bit different now because we've got the extra game, um, which, you know, obviously, you know, we all love an extra game. Um, so fantastic, you know, for all of our fans to, you know, to get that extra game, you know, at the end of January or beginning of January, should I say. Um, what's your sort of thoughts now, now that free agency is done, now we know what the draft is like and are they coming into training camp now? How do you see the Panther season going? What are your sort of expectations this year in terms of, is it still rebuilding um, or are you guys in a contention for a playoff spot? Looking at you know what the Saints have done now, losing Drew Brees, not really replaced him in terms of mm. you know a, a long-term QB, uh, should we say? I mean, um, one class C in book. No disrespect to him as being a starting QB in the NFL.
0: Yeah.
1: Looking at obviously the Falcons as well. You know, obviously they they looked to the tight end position early on in Kyle Pitts absolute beast of a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Ryan still, still a really good quarterback in my opinion, to be honest, but they're still at the point where they're kind of, you know, they're at a funny stage, aren't they, where Matt Ryan, you know, we don't know how, many, how much longer he's got left in the tank. Where can the Panthers sort of go in the 2021 season? What's your sort of expectation?
0: I absolutely agree that with the with the Falcons uh, being in a bit of a limbo at the moment, I don't. Uh, I think they're trying to redefine who they are, and some of the signings that they've made this year, like having Pitts in, is kind of moving out the old and in with the new. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they did take a quarterback uh, in the next few years. As far as the season goes, I, I think it's still going to be quite difficult, and uh, outside of the, the divisional games. I think it's going to be it's going to be quite tough there as well. Mm. I've only got us down as winning two divisional games next season, and that is at home to the Saints, because it's so early on, and I, I think yeah. they will still be in a bit of confusion about what's going to be happening. Will you take advantage of that? Yeah. Uh, and then at home to the Falcons uh, in right. I think it's week fourteen. Fourteen, so, you got them, yeah.
1: But you've got a good start. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now. I mean, the Jets. You've got, you got, you got back-to-back home games against the Jets and the Saints. Yeah. Very much, in my opinion, winnable games. Then you're facing the Houston Texans, who at the minute, I mean, let's face it, they're, they're a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. We don't know who, who they're fielding at QB. We don't know what their roster's like. They've had so much of an overhaul of changes in their roster, and there's so much going on you could quite possibly find yourselves 3-0 to start the season. I mean, do you, do you not feel that?
0: Yes, I I absolutely feel that. <laughs> I've yeah. looked down as 3-0 to begin with. So, yeah, it is going to be a close game against the Jets, I think. Um, but I, I feel as though the, the Houston game is going to be a very similar situation to the Saints game, is that they, they're they trying to find their feet as well. They've lost mm. a big quarterback. I don't think the Sean Watson will be there for the first few weeks of the season. And, you know, if it's Tyrell Taylor, then that can be good for us um, in terms of in terms of keeping the defense clean. Um, yeah, I think we mm. we have got a good chance of going three and zero in the first two yeah. weeks. Yeah, it's just from then on <laughs> it looks a little bit a little bit bleaker to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously the Cowboys and the Eagles. I mean, I mean Cowboys, yeah, Dak Prescott obviously back in. You know, yeah. touch when he's back in the NFL. No one likes to see a player go down with that you know horrific injury like that. But if he obviously puts out the form that you did at the beginning of last season then you know i'd agree that you're probably finding yourself in a whole heap of trouble the eagles for me i mean they're not overly someone i'd be worried about either um, but they are once again obviously a new head coach a new team that, you, know, you know we don't know if jalen hurts is the answer there's definitely there's definitely a win in there possibly for for the panthers um, the vikings as well you just don't know what you're going to get they're inconsistent um, mm. the Giants, I think, is a tough game. Um, but what amazes me about your schedule is there's so many like deep and meaningful games. You've got the Jets to start off with, you've got the obviously, you know, the Sam Donald, you know, revenge game, as we like to call it. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, you're also playing uh, the Patriots, so you've got what we call the Cam Newton revenge game against the Panthers, so yeah. and then you've got Washington and you've got the Ron Rivera game. It's just- <laughs> It's not just, just just crazy how how many of these games has got so much riding on it more than just the victory as well, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, and I I can absolutely see Cam Newton stinging us uh, in the behind in that game. You know, he'll come onto the field if it's not not here. It'll be Matt Jones, but um, mm. yeah, I think I I definitely have a victory uh, put on here against the Eagles. I can certainly see us winning that game. I think our defense will come up very well against the Eagles line if they haven't haven't reinforced it because it was an me- it was an absolute mess last year. Yeah. As was the Giants one. So I've also got the Giants down uh, as a win as well. Not not a, not hmm. uh, not a, a blowout but certainly a close one.
1: Right. Um
0: but yeah I've got the the Dallas game down as a loss, I've got the Minnesota game down as a loss like you say they are inconsistent but we, yeah we just don't seem to we don't seem to take advantage of that yeah uh, and then we've got a lovely five game losing streak up until the bye week so uh... yeah
1: that 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 end of and I'm not just saying it's because it's the Bucs, but obviously sandwiched between the Bucs games uh you've got the saints mm. prior to the first bucks game you have got the bills who are obviously you know one of the most exciting teams to watch now in the NFL with Josh Allen um you know as QB um I personally got you down winning between seven and eight games if I'm being honest Oh. Uh, I mean, do you have sort of a similar record or
0: I've I've got myself down I've got well, I've got the Panthers down as winning six games. Um, but that is a very conservative estimate oh, yeah. for myself. I I mean I I love I love the Panthers. Um, but I think there's also got to be some realism here as well, is that that there we have got a tough schedule in some areas and you've mentioned some grudge matches, you've mentioned some t- some tough teams to play against there and you know, it would be nice to, to snatch some wins. I, I certainly didn't expect us to beat the Falcons uh, away last season. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, in a way, you're a bit like me. I'm like that with the bucks I think all of last season, I was like, "No, oh, we're not winning this one, not winning this one. And sometimes it's better just to not get your hopes up um, in the hope that something does happen in a positive yeah. way. So, yeah, no, but honestly, I, I see yourself... I see you having a good start and being three and zero. I've got you winning the Eagles. That's four,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I think I've got you doing the double over the Falcons. So I'll you've got five that. and six. <laughs> and I think I think I'll put the Patriots down as a win as well. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I know they've done a lot in free agency, and all the talk is there about Bill Belichick. I just don't believe in Cam Newton. And at that point, even if you've got a Matt Jones, say, in there, halfway through the year, I just don't think it will be enough, uh, to be honest. So I I, I can see you turning over the Patriots, to be honest. I think think they're slightly overrated for me. And I think people are just jumping on the sort of Bill Belichick. You're forgetting he's never never done something like this in free agency, like made so many acquisitions, has he? So for me, I think it's just, I think whatever he's done, it's sort of, you know, extraordinary and... You know, I think, yeah, I think there's no guarantee that they'd be an instant success, especially in that division as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I certainly think that the the offensive side of of their ball has has is the weakest it's it's been for a long time uh, in quite a lot of positions. I'm just worried about the defenders coming back, and because they had seven or eight players opt out last season. Yeah,
1: COVID. Yeah.
0: And they're going to come back with a with a vengeance, and that's that's something yeah. that we need to be aware of in that game. Yeah. Um,
1: or they could I be very rusty. Or they could be rusty. Yeah, that's true. Game they could. time. You know, it could could work the other way. So it'll be an interesting season, that's for sure. But I think one thing's you know certainly true that we're all chomping at the bit. You know, with the training camp to start now. Oof, Obviously, yeah. I know I know you've been a fantasy guy. You know, with. We already had our first bit of uh, injury news with Cam Akers. Yeah. I have to break the news to my son. But, yeah, um, what, what's your sort of plans now? Obviously, you know, with training camp, just, I guess, gearing up for, you know, fantasy, I guess, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's, it's just finding the players that start getting those reports coming through. Um, I remember a couple of years ago reading about this this quarterback who who was originally second string Um in the team and and making some really big big moves it was like this this guy could be the sleeper of the year and i managed to get pat mahomes in the 10th round of the, of the redraft wow. that season so um you know he was a revelation and, and that's that's where these training camp reports are, are really, really useful. Um, not only to see who's doing well in your team, but to see who, who's doing well in, in all the teams. And, and you, yeah. you start building up a picture about how how you think the season's going to go. Um, in terms of what else, I've got... um, There's, there's quite a few big uh, best ball uh, events coming up as well, and big tournaments. Nice. So the Warrior Bowl starts tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah. matt has been um, telling me
1: all about that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then we've got the... The five-yard rush um fancy football championship as well. That's that's starting very soon, uh, and I think there's the, the Steve Rains Bowl coming up as well. So so, so this is the, this is the time of year where you know, sad sad it is to say, there's been drafts that have come beforehand where people have taken plays like Camakers and you know expected big things, and yeah. you know we'll do these tournaments now and then someone yeah. will get injured in training camp uh, yeah, it's, down the line.
1: It's, it's funny. I mean, I'm not I'm not a believer in doing drafting so early. Um, I, I'm the kind of guy who likes to do a draft kind of after week three of uh, pre-season just because mm. of you know all the plays that have been tried and tested. I just think it's a bit too soon to start drafting. I remember last year I think uh, I drafted Dalvin Cook and it turned out to be a good decision but we all yeah. had all the talk about him and potentially leaving and, not, and maybe holding out and I was in a bit of a panic and even yesterday, I did a mock draft um, because we ironically do have a draft next week. Um, <laughs> and in the second round, I think I picked up Cam Akers and I was like, oh, God, like, I'm just glad that was a mock and wasn't the real thing. So it's it's one of them. But who's your, um, you could give us a couple of sleepers for our listeners who, who may not, you know, necessarily listen to a fantasy podcast, but very much into fantasy football. Um, any, any potential sleepers out there that you think are going to have a, a monster season?
0: so i'm so, putting you on the spot there no 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 So I mean, we've we've actually talked about him a little bit um during this podcast and it's someone who definitely has the opportunity to make some huge strides uh, at the team that he's at he moved to the team this year um and he, he i believe he moved to this team because of, of, of a great showing that he had at the previous season where he did actually take over for someone uh, and that's mike davis yeah um no, he's he's in a position now where Julio Jones has left the team, um, and that's freed up quite a few targets. He's got um, he's got a quarterback that will likely want to dump the ball away to to the running back, and yeah. there's no one really behind him apart from a, a few rookies. I'm thinking JV and Hawkins in particular, um, who could actually give him a serious challenge. Yeah, for there is literally no the one there? roles. Yeah, yeah, there's there's literally, and you know unless they bring in. A veteran back, then there's not really going to be anyone who's yeah. who's giving you any challenges. I mean, the Rams are going to need the backs more than the Falcons are now, to be honest. Yeah,
1: almost definitely. It's a it's a crazy situation, and like you said, with the NFL, it just takes one injury to a key player, and then all of a sudden you, you you're chasing you you know um, these free agents and going back in the market. It'll be interesting mm. to see who obviously the Rams pick up whether they go back with Gurley or I don't know is AP still a free agent or
0: uh, yes, I believe he is. I think he, yeah. he's not been picked up again
1: by the Lions. Yeah, exactly. So you just don't know, but it'll be an interesting one. So um, Rob, let us know, let the um, listeners know where they can find you on social media, um, just so we can hopefully get a few more likes and maybe you know a few more people listening to the Five God Rush podcast. You know, just let us know where we can find you.
0: Uh, so I produce articles for. The, the five yard rush website, which is fiveyardrush.co.uk, and my uh Twitter handle is fiveyardrob. I thought it would be a lot easier <laughs> than what it was previously. So, fiveyardrob on Twitter
1: fantastic, easy and simple to remember there. So, certainly, guys, you know, get clicking and definitely uh follow Rob on Twitter and certainly read some of the articles there because you know, you, you guys at Murph, you know, especially uh, speak to Murph a lot. You guys work really hard in what you do with the fantasy football, you know, and it's, it's amazing for the community, the amount of listens you get, not just for fans in the UK, but just people in the US. I mean, it takes a lot to learn of respect from people in the US because they just look at, obviously, sometimes, the, you know, the UK guys as being sort of, oh, what you know, what do they know? But it, it's just amazing the amount of knowledge you guys can bring to fantasy and make it enjoyable as well. It's not, you know, um, you know, it's fun um, just, you know, listening to, just listening the other day with Tim Murph, you know, on the uh, podcast there, you're talking about the you know YDP um, values and stuff is just mm. amazing. So, yeah, definitely, definitely worth a listen and reading some of the articles there.
0: I think that's what's good about us, uh, us guys from the UK is that a lot of people kind of underestimate us about how much, how seriously we uh, we take these things and how you know how yeah. obsessed that people in the UK can get over this stuff. You know, because like you saw at the London game we love it. You know, we are fully invested in the, in the culture and, uh, and that extends to, you know, article writing and content as well. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. Well, like I say, Rob, you know, it's been fantastic to have you on today. Really appreciate it. Um, you're coming on because I must admit, we were struggling with finding a Panthers fan. There's not too many of you here in the UK, unfortunately, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but, but you know, definitely you're our go-to guy now for the Panthers. And, you know, don't want to wish you too much luck for the season no, but course, i yeah. wish you i wish you some moderate success um I, to be honest that out of the less you are the lesser of two evils when it comes to the saints the saints are definitely the team that i definitely don't like the most so uh oh, yeah. i think you, you you guys and the falcons are a bit on a par uh but the falcons <laughs> the falcons are good to laugh at to be honest so you know just um so yeah just wishing you all the best and you know thank you very much for joining us today
0: no, same to you. All the best for the books uh, for for the season. Like we can put a, a performance like you did last year. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be good.
1: Well, let's hope so. Just excited to have football back. But thanks oh, yeah. again, Rob. No, thank you. Take care, mate. You too.